Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You've been there, right? You put on that jacket you haven't worn in like six months. Reach into the pocket and find a McCafe brewed coffee. Well, not really, but there is a crumpled old dollar in there. And on McDonald's one, two, three dollar menu, that's the price of any size McCafe brewed coffee or a savory sausage biscuit. Oh, and check the other pocket too. Could be a tasty sausage McMuffin in there. Find more one dollar breakfast favorites on the one, two, three dollar menu at McDonald's. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Tax extra. Blog Talk Radio. Now it's time to turn it up Surf the radio waves as we begin to burn it up We all up in your area like landscape Definitely bringing you the power slamming pancakes It's the mandate that you tune in It's time to move out so we can move in And recognize that this is no illusion I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion It all started off in the book of Genesis When Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was his nemesis And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him He touched his hip but he really couldn't have devoured him And from that point then we hear a name change Rearrange the game so now we gotta change uh, so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam show. Let's go! Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. Now listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show by Crave Wrestling on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page Crave Wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 341, indeed, 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 the Pancakes and Power Slam show. Of course, I am Chris Featherstone, as always. Live and living Culligan, funky like a monkey, if you will. Of course, as we do every single week, we're going to have some fun on the show tonight. We got uh, Vince Russo scheduled for the show tonight. Uh, he is going to be calling in later on to do a Q&A session with the live stream. So if you are doing, if you are listening to this live, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it was going to be quite fun. Ask your questions to uh, Vince Russo. I know, I'm sure there's a lot to ask <laughs> to Vince Russo. Uh, it's interesting. 
interestingly, uh, I this is the second time that Vince Russo has been on the show. I don't recall when the first time uh, he's been he was on the show, but that was also a very very fun night as well. So every time we get the bro on the show, bro, we have a really really good time as we always do. I can try to find that out real quick, actually, and see when the last time uh, Vince Russo was on the show. Uh, but it was fun. It was fun like, uh, like uh, as always. That's our Glee interview this week. And we are going to have a great time. We got a lot to talk about, as always, ladies and gentlemen. Um, August the 22nd, 2017. That's the last time. That's when that's when Vince Russo was on the show before. So there you go. There you go. It's been over a year. It doesn't seem that like that long. Time is flying, ladies and gentlemen. Time is 100% flying. Uh and many things are <laughs> many things are happening differently. Uh, in this, in the world of uh, professional wrestling, and we're going to talk be talking about that uh, going on this show right now. So we got uh, Super Showdown, we got UFC 29, uh, we got Crown Jewel stuff, ladies and gentlemen. Shawn Michaels is going to be <laughs> is going to be retiring, and he's going to be coming out bald headed. And his match coming out in Crown Jewel. I don't know, man. Uh, the, the gear. I'm so you. You know, it's one of those things that um, it's all about branding. Branding is such a big thing um, when it comes to professional wrestling. And sometimes, you know, people cut their hair. You know, it happens. But, however, sometimes it is a part of people's branding when they keep their hair because it's such a big, big part of their career. So I know that he cut his hair earlier this year and to a shortcut. And I, I'm just, it's just odd. I, I'm wondering what in his head is make it made him want to say, you know what? Not only am I going to cut my hair, I think it was around WrestleMania time. Cause I think the big, the big thing was around the Hall of Fame. So, yeah, it's uh, it's it's quite interesting. But not only that, and Shawn Michaels' mom was like, you know what? Forget the short haircut. I'm going to go all out. I'm, I'm just going to go full on bald. So I think maybe in his head, perhaps this could be the this could be the case. Uh, perhaps uh, to Shawn Michaels is, you know, Shawn Michaels probably in his head is thinking, if I reveal, uh, if I reveal just my 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 look, if I reveal my hair, I don't imagine myself um, still balding on the top and and still competing, uh, or you know, in the ring. So. So yeah, he, and even if uh, you know, even even if he did have the balding head, he probably thinks that it's better to have a bald head. We are live, ladies and gentlemen, right now on the Wrestling Inc. YouTube. 
for people to be coming in as always. And we have such a good time because the pancakes and power slam show are the best fans in the world. Haven't I said that before? I have, and I mean every single bit of it Uh, as I'm trying to, there we go. Trying to make some adjustments here uh, to have optimal uh, interaction here to be order to be able to interact with the fans. So I know there's going to be a lot of questions. They're going to be fired away in the pancakes and power slam show tonight, as Booker T would say tonight, tonight, which is a good question. Actually, that's a pretty good question to pose to the live audience right now. And for those listening, uh, tweet at, Chris Prolific, that's my personal Twitter tweet, tweet at Crave Wrestling if you're listening to this or archived or live no matter when. That's the question for uh, all the listeners right now. Who in your mind is a better um, uh, color analyst? Uh, just a better play-by-play person. Do you prefer Booker T or do you prefer Renee Young? What's your cho- Which is your choice? Booker T or Renee Young? If you had one choice to pick between the two, Booker T or Renee Young, which one would you pick? Interested to see the uh interested to see the uh the, the, the results on that. Booker T or Renee Young. Uh, well, it looks like we are getting some answers here now. What's going on, Lexi? What's going on, uh Slee Deep Wild Boy? Um Okay, so people are saying, oh, <laughs> well, uh, X, um, neither is counting. Option C is not, not an option. <laughs> you got to let me know. Booker T or Renee Young, which one would you choose? If you had to choose one, Booker T or Renee Young, uh, which one would you choose? It looks like Booker T is getting the uh, the popular vote right now. Booker T, I see Booker. Um, okay. Uh, okay, says Booker T. Tyler says Renee. Okay, I think everybody except for Tyler right now says Renee Young. <laughs> like an overwhelming Booker T vote right now. So that's uh, the <laughs> best vote right now is the Book of Men. And that's my vote too. I, I agree. I, I would choose Booker T over uh, Renee Young too. Um, because, you know, as much as uh, I'm all for Renee Young, I mean, she's been a commentator before, too. Uh, she commentated um, NXT, and then she also commentated, um, she was a commentator at, um, like, uh, I think main event for a couple of years. So she's she's got some experience, so. Um, <laughs> uh, for the record, I asked an amazing Axe Chris question on Saturday, Chris, but I understand the ga- the game. Yes, yes, that's um, I was hosting the podcast. Uh, it's a it was a different deal on Saturdays when this is this is my podcast. This is the Pancakes and Power Slam Show podcast. Uh, uh, Chris Chris Featherstone. 
Uh, Booker, how bad is Bree wrestling getting worse by them? Oh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about Bree's wrestling woes. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was the host of the show. Uh, I, had a, I had a good time hosting uh, the show on Saturday. The, the uh, special uh, UFC slash Super Showdown uh, version of it. But yeah, the Pancakes and Power Slam show. Uh, X Urus. Okay, X your X your race. Okay. X Urus. There we go. Started started as a pro wrestling backyard tag team with the best friend Edwin AKA. Okay. Cool. Thank you for that uh explanation. Uh D Lo Brown music starts. Awesome. Oh, awesome, wild boy. Awesome. Thank God for that one. Mom is a hundred percent better than ever. That is fantastic news. Fantastic news. That is awesome to hear. That that made my night. That's awesome. All right. Um, let's have some fun. We have some fun every single time. And Vince Russo will be calling in. Um uh, I I don't know. That's that's uh, a... <laughs> Uh, I got a question. Why don't you show your subscribers to your channel? That's because this isn't my channel. <laughs> this is a uh, this is Wrestling Inc.'s channel. I am happy, very happy to be a part of the Wrestling Inc. team. Uh, interesting, um, interesting story with uh, Wrestling Inc. and, and myself. Uh, for those who don't know, I um, I've been a journalist for quite some time, um, and I started my relationship with. Um. Awesome. Thanks, y'all. Been like family. That's that's fantastic, man. That is really, really, really cool. Um. All right. So, 2012 is when I started my relationship with Wrestling Inc. So six years ago is when I started writing for Wrestling Inc. I've uh, been been um in and out for the past six years. I also um. Or the bad Vince Russo, the good, the good or the bad Vince. We'll see. He'll be he'll be calling in here soon. Uh, he's finishing up his podcast, so he'll be calling in uh, in a in a in a little while, and um, and so it'll be a little later in the show, probably midway through. So we're going to tackle some Axe Chris questions. We're going to have some Super Showdown thoughts, and also Raw and SmackDown thoughts. Bobby Lashley turns heel. Also watch King of Pro Wrestling. Who else? Um, who else watched uh, uh, King of Pro Wrestling? Uh, you watch the wrestling podcast about every week. That's awesome. We appreciate your um, support. Oh, yeah, yeah. So let me finish my story. So, yeah, uh, on and off, I've, I've written for uh, um, Sports Illustrated. I, I was at Sports Illustrated for a while, uh, freelancing. I still, still do some freelance stuff there. I haven't freelanced there in a while, but we still have, I was, have a very good relationship with Sports Illustrated. Uh, I freelance for Fox Sports, um, and Fox Sports doesn't have a uh, specific um, United U.S. Uh, WWE uh, wing. They do in other, like the Philippines, other uh, countries, but for some reason they decided to drop the WWE portion of Fox Sports. Um, and... I was a feature columnist at Bleacher Report for over three years, almost three and a half years. Um, 
I'm still freelance for Digital Spy. Um, and that's one of the biggest um, publishers, uh, media uh, sites in the UK. Awesome people there. So, so yeah, I've been around a lot as far as uh, as far as my writing as a journalist is concerned. So, um, so yeah, and I really enjoy writing for Wrestling Inc. And um, I'm doing some other journalistic, really big stuff. And just follow me at Chris Prolific, and you'll be able to see uh, where I'm writing and what I'm writing. But um, uh, yeah, so I'm I, you know Raj is, is uh, a great supporter. Uh, thank you. You're a legend in the game, Chris. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> I cannot disclose SI pay online. OG Chris. Hashtag OG Chris. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so uh, Raj and I, we, we talked. He appreciated the success of Pancakes and Power Sam show. As a standalone, you know, I've been doing this for six and a half years. This is the 341st episode. I started as a completely independent podcast in in April of 2012. Had no relationships with anybody as far as uh, starting it. I just started it. And for the past six and a half years, I have a lot of really good relationships with wrestlers. A whole lot. Um and uh yeah so uh, we so we talked and uh was asked if uh you know I was interested in making the pancakes and power slam show a part of the wrestling inc youtube family and I said absolutely absolutely um because wrestling inc has some awesome uh shows on their youtube page and has one of the best pod- weekly podcasts I I have uh, an honor every, you know, uh, to to be a, a, a guest on the on the Raw podcast every now and then, and uh, I've been a guest on the SmackDown podcast as well, and I had a really good time every time I do that. Um, I've been doing um, my my time is ridiculous, and so I haven't been been able to frequent um, the podcast as much as I used to. I'm actually about to become a doctor I've been working on my dissertation and so I spend a whole lot of my time I'm also a mental health specialist that's what I do uh outside of journalism so um so yeah crazy crazy schedule crazy busy and so that's why I spend most of my time but at the same time I'm a night owl so I'm uh I um yes I did jump to that's I broke in the business as a jobber I I agree uh, now I've had some uh, championship titles underneath my belt based on uh, the interaction that I've had with uh, uh, with some good people. Um, so I really uh, I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, yeah. So I've I've had um, I, I've had some opportunities to uh, be a part of the later night podcast, like the um, the UFC podcast with punk um the the super showdown podcast um the all in podcast so the the low the the later night podcast weekend podcast i've been asked to be a part of those and i've had a really good time i've enjoyed myself tremendously so yeah so this is what we're going to do before we get into the headlines well, what's next, Chris? You're going to run for president in 2020? <laughs> for me, wild boy. Will, will you vote for me? 
Uh, well, this is the best to be on, man. You know, stuff like yeah, I'm always humbled at stuff like that. I really, really appreciate it. I really, really appreciate it. Um, all right, so um, yeah, so X saying that uh, King of Pro Wrestling was good. You thought Jay Wright should have won? No, I think it was pretty. Uh, the writing was on the wall that uh, Tanahashi was going to win. They're going to do the him and Omega. So I was cool with it. Tanahashi's been kind of sitting in the in the wings for a few years now. Uh, oh, I, oh, Kazuchika Okada is is, is my favorite. Uh, wrestler in New Japan, and in my top five favorite wrestlers going on right now, for the past few years actually, and so um, it's kind of weird to not have Okada in the, in the title hunt this year. Um, well, he was until Dominion, uh, so it's only been like four months, but it seemed like it seemed like forever because he's been he's been. I think this, I think he was. Uh, this will be his first time in seven years, if I'm not mistaken, that he hasn't been a part of the um, main event at Wrestle Kingdom. So, yeah. Um, he's like the sting of New Japan as Tanahashi. You know, you know, it's so funny. I, I compared I compare Tanahashi to John Cena. Now, Sting is the GOAT to me. Um, so, yeah. But I, I compare Tanahashi to to John Cena, you know. Go Ace, go Ace. So he's the ace of New Japan, and John Cena. As much as I'm not, I, I, I wasn't a John Cena fan for about 15 years. Now I'm indifferent towards John Cena. I got respect for John Cena. He's been in the business for 16 years, and you know he's he's paid his dues. So I respect the guy now. Uh, Lexi, okay, Lexi's asking, considering that WWE has consistently pushed the message that revenue matters over audiences' retention, what do you think it will take for the brand's return to being more consumer-centric? Fantastic question. Um, yeah, so I couldn't answer that at the, on the Super Showdown podcast because, um, I guess that generated the whole story about the Pancakes Power Slam show. So I, I still have total independent rights of, you know, the Pancakes and Power Slam show. So I get to do whatever I want with it. And um, I, I, I've i chosen to, you know, a, a few years back, it was very listener-centric, very uh, interactive. And then I started to change some formatting a little bit. I was like, you know what, man, I miss being listener-centric and very interactive, and uh, I really enjoy it. This is really one of my favorite nights of the week. I look so much forward to the Pancakes and Power Sam show because you all are so awesome. Um, and you have such a – you ask awesome questions. You know your trivia. And you make the, the show, like, super incredibly fun. Um, so as far as being more customer-centric or consumer-centric, um, uh, you know – I think more riveting storylines, more um, honestly, and this is probably um, this, this is probably something that the WWE wouldn't favor, but more clear cut faces and clear cut heels. Seriously, I mean that's 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 my that's my answer to that. Like seriously, more clear cut faces, more clear clear cut heels. I say, I say, you know, our, 
fans are fans and you can't, you know, you can't tell a fan what to do, who to, who to root for. But I think one of the, one of the worst elements of pro wrestling these days and what separates pro wrestling from the days of old, the exciting moments is there are not clear cut faces and clear cut heels. Now, you know, you can argue that with Austin, but at the same time, Austin was a hundred percent baby face. He was a different type of baby face. He was an anti-hero baby face. He was an anti-authority baby face. However, he was a clear cut baby face. He wrestled bad guys and the 50, 50 stuff, you know, making that, making both people look good in, in, in a feud is, is terrible. It's a, it's a huge detriment. You know, I remember when Oscar uh, came up to the main roster and one of her biggest feuds, one of her primary feuds was Emma. Now I got all the respect in the world for Emma. I think she's great. Um, I always thought that, uh, you know, they could have used her a little bit better. I know her heel turn in NXT and uh, when she was kind of collabing with uh, Dana Brooke and the whole all about me thing, that became over, but it wasn't strong enough to make her look good when you're trying to push Asuka, who's invincible at the time. And so when you try to make people look at, you know, both people look good. That would be the same as like when Goldberg went on his big, you know, tirade and in, in, in a huge winning streak, 190 something, I think 193, 173 wins or something like that. That would be the same as like saying you had to make Mongo McMichael look good in a match. You may, you had to make, you know, uh, 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 the Reese from the flock, you know, look good in the match. You had to, you know, so, you know, of course there would be some people that would, would go a little longer, like a Perry Saturn or a Raven, you know, uh, of course the infamous match with Steve, with, with Steven Regal or William Regal, uh, Steven Regal at the time. But for the most part, he ran roughshod through 95% of the, the people who he went, um, against you know so that what that's what made him look good and uh, baron corbin even you know when he he got over because he was beating people in nxt in 20 seconds so you have to make someone you have to be clear of in this angle who was going to be the person that's over and if you have a clear-cut heel you know that person is supposed to generate enough heat to make the baby face look good. So that's my story, and I'm sticking to it when it comes to that. Uh, ask Chris, what is your current top five? Okay, great question, great question. Okay, number five is um, – because Nakamura was in my top five for a while, for like the past couple of years, but I don't think he's in my top five anymore. So that's I think I'm I think I'm unveiling a new top five. Um, I would say number five would be this person's been in the top ten, but I think that uh, see Jericho is like above and beyond the top five because he's like my favorite in the past. He's my fourth all time out of the top five. And he's been my favorite 
you know, Russell in the past uh, 15, 20, you know, 15 years, probably close to 20 years, it, it's been like Sting and then like Jericho. Sting is the GOAT to me, the greatest of all time. But uh, Jericho, to me, for the past, you know, 20 years almost has been like my number one. He's back now, so do I put him in my top five? I guess I do, but I won't even I won't put him as number one though. <clears throat> so okay. So this is what we'll do. I'll do five goes to the new day. Four goes to um <clears throat> Jericho. Three goes to um Mm. I don't know. Who is my number three? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I got it. All right, here we go. You ready? Um, <laughs> five goes to um, who? New Day. Four goes to Jericho. Three goes to uh, um, Okada. Two goes to Roman Reigns and one goes to Jay Lethal. There we go. There's my top five. Uh, what other Ask Chris questions before? Um, hey, man, listen, GHP, I appreciate it. Low key pans and slams taking over as the number one show on Wink. I still enjoy them all. I appreciate that, man. Very, very much. That's, that's very humbling. Uh, Lexi again, asking all the awesome questions. Um, I thought I saw another Lexi question. Uh, all right. Shield already breaking up. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, this Shield run has been quite odd. It's been, it's just been off. I've been a fan of it. Okay, here it is. All right, here's there's the other next uh, Lexi question. Within the next three to five years, what wrestling promotion do you see becoming the next realistic rival or even surpassing WWE in content and somewhat popularity? Better yet, who could help? Um, I think the merge between Ring of Honor and New Japan's doing that right now. Um, I mean, of course, I don't think no one's going to surpa- ever surpass WWE. I don't. I don't ever see that happening because WWE is such a uh, worldwide national conglomerate that's just amazing as far as uh, business. It's really amazing business. Um, but I think as far as the competition is concerned, I think the merge between Ring of Honor or not merge or just I would say the partnership between Ring of Honor and New Japan, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, all right, Rob is asking, do you think New Japan is <clears throat> intimidated by WWE's purchasing power, especially with talent, and for that reason um, does not want to try and compete in America? Hmm, good question. Good question. Or do you think they'll push hard in the U.S.? I think that they will push hard in the U.S. Um yeah, I think they will. I think that they realize that it is a really booming market right now. Um, just in the pro wrestling business, especially with the success of All In, for sure. So I think, I don't as a standalone brand, uh, I don't think that they really have that much interest. I don't think that, I don't think that New Japan should gear to have like 
sellout shows, 10, 12,000 people as a standalone brand um, in the States. Now, they have the uh, Strong Style Evolve, the Fighting Spirit Unleashed. So they've had... um, uh, They've had the shows here in the States. They need to get out that California market, though. I, I, I don't think they should stay in the California market. They should go Midwest. They should go New York. Uh, they should go Chicago. Uh, they should really reach those markets. Cause I don't you know. Maybe cause it's because uh, Japanese time is far out. I don't know why they're doing the, they're, they're going right to the California market. I'm not quite sure about that, but I think they should move over to the Midwest. Um, the Chicago's, the, and then the East Coast, the New Yorks, the Bostons, things like that. So I'm in Ohio. I'm in, I'm considered Midwest. I think I think Ohio would be a good market. I think I definitely think Ohio would be a good market for New Japan because Ohio is a pretty good market for ROH. So all right, all right. So let's get to what's your thoughts? Okay, Conor McGregor, UFC 29. He got choked out uh, by Khabib, um, <laughs> and all the craziness, all the commotion that happened afterwards. I talked about this on the Saturday podcast that I uh, helped host. And um, so there's not too much to say more about it other than what was caught on the Saturday podcast. Check that out. Check the Saturday podcast out. Um, okay. Uh, ask Chris, January 1st, 2009, who was holding the WWE Championship? Good question. Huh. So that's less than three months from now. Uh, Joe's out of the picture, it looks like. Um, I see him and Daniel Bryan kind of being a one-off for now. Looks like the Miz is still involved. Shelton Benjamin. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not. Although, you know, it, it'd be cool achievement. He's a heck of a worker, but I don't think he'd ever win the the, the title. But um, I think the safe bet's AJ, really. Honestly, I think the safe bet's AJ. I think they're still going to do it. Um, all right, so, yeah, uh, uh, I I think that Connor's – I can see Connor and Khabib being um, – uh, having another match, although I've heard that, you know, pe- people have said that they don't see another match coming. I don't see another fight coming between Khabib and, and Connor. But I think Dana White, you know, he's uh, he he's a, a total uh, <laughs> money guy for sure. Um, yeah, I think that they're I think they're going to have AJ Eclipse CM Punk. I, yeah, I think I think they're going to do that. Although they had Lesnar do it, but. I think just the pettiness of WCW, uh, the pettiness of WWE is they're, they're, they want <laughs> they they want the clips with, with both champions. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, honestly, I mean, we'll see about uh, 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 Conor McGregor. I can see a rematch just because Dana White. Um, I can see Dana White uh, just wanting that money grab. I think the second fight, I think a uh, rematch between Khabib and Connor, I think that that would draw more money than, than this one. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Um, I, I think so at least. And so, yeah, 
It's all, as, as Vince McMahon would say, it's all about the money. It's all about the money. <laughs> so we'll, and that goes with UFC as well. So I can definitely see a rematch. Uh, we, I recap Super Showdown. Just some, uh, some, some thoughts about Super Showdown. I thought, it, like I said before, I thought it was a big glorified house show. Um, you know, I have no idea why this was revolved around Triple H getting over. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't know. The guy will be 50 years old next summer, and um, I have no idea. It just goes to show that goes to show that there's nobody who stands the test of being a big enough star in the WWE right now that would be able to uh, market uh, internationally. Simple as that. Yes, same result, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I just, I wasn't a fan of it. I just, I, I just, um, I mean, the, the buildup was okay. You know what I mean? Uh, people marked out when uh, uh, Undertaker made the surprise appearance here in Columbus uh, during um, Labor Day weekend or the, the the Monday of Labor Day, actually. Um, so, I don't know. It's it's I'm I just I'm I'm just not interested honestly. I'm just the the, the build up to Taker and Triple H was okay. It, it had an old school type of feel to it. It goes to show that they can do it. Uh, they they can you know make the builds if they are they're interested. But honestly, man, it's just one of those things that uh, there's no. It just goes to show that there's no star right now that transcends the company. Um, in the WWE, and and I and I would say that that's the to the fault of the creative department. I think there's candidates. I think there's people who can do it, uh, but at the same time, creative is just doing a lousy job at really spending time to to push their talent. So that's unfortunate. Uh, what we got? Ask Chris. Rob is asking, do you think Triple H is getting the wrestling out of his system because Vince is on his way? Oh, that's a good question. Um, that's a good question. Yeah, I think so. I think I think that's a fair point. I, I, I do. I think that's a fair point. He'll be 50 years old next summer. He probably has one or two. You know, he does the WrestleMania thing every year. He said he he, you know, he, he's, I've listened to the conference calls with him and, uh, and, and other interviews that he's been a part of. He's, he said that, you know, his time is, it, it's, it's obvious that his time in the WWE as an in-ring competitor is, uh, is reaching its, its, its end, reaching its close. So he has his, he looks forward to WrestleMania every year because he likes the elaborate entrances. He likes the glitz and glamour. He likes the, the, the spectacle of it, which makes sense. I, I would too. Um, but you know, the, the, the greatest Royal rumble and the super showdown and things like that. I think, yeah, I, I think that's a fair point to say that triple H at this point in his career is like, okay, let me get it out because I'm getting more responsibility. He basically runs NXT in the creative, in the, the, uh, the talent department. So what's going on? Uh, thank you for joining in. Uh, Vince Russo will be calling in soon. He told me that, uh, he is finishing up his podcast. 
So uh, about 15 or 20 minutes or so. Uh, Vince Russo, or maybe maybe sooner, if he's finished sooner, he'd, uh, he'll be calling in and uh, yeah, be joining us for all of your questions. Until then, let's, uh, let's answer some more questions. How possible is it that we can get AJ versus Kenny Omega at WrestleMania next year? It was teased on being the elite. Um, not very possible, honestly. Um, I don't think that they'll push Kenny Omega to the moon. Uh, if he does, you know, their contracts are up at the beginning of the year. And I don't think that they'll push Kenny Omega to the moon. I don't. Um, could he get a world title push or could he get a world title uh, type of opportunity? I don't see uh I don't see that quick. I don't see three months after he came. So uh Taylor's asking, are you thrilled about HBK coming out of retirement? I'm not actually. I'm not. Um especially the bald head is what takes me out of it, honestly. <laughs> the bald head Sean, hashtag baldy Sean, takes me out of it because I think that that was so much of his character that uh Honestly, bald head Sean. Uh, what's going on, Jerry? Uh, bald head Sean uh, doesn't really uh, <laughs> doesn't really just keeps me interested. So I, I'm not I'm not really excited about that. Gross is asking, would it be a good idea to make a new stable with Leo Rush, Lashley, and ALP? Uh, I don't, I'm not a big fan of mid card stables, uh, right now. Now there could be, uh, you know, before if, if I think mid card stables work, um, if they have a purpose, if they, if they serve a purpose, if they, if they're getting over, uh, but WWE has done a lousy job with really making stables matter and consistency because even now you're having the dogs of war of animosity between each other. And they've only been a stable for a few weeks. Uh, so, you know, WWE's microwave booking, I don't think that stables really work now a heel stable. I mean, you have the undisputed era, you know I mean? In NXT, they, they work, they're super over. So I just don't think this main roster stable, mm, I don't see much coming out of it. Taylor's asking, "What are you, what are you hearing about WWE Hall of Fame this year? Any rumors? Any predictions?" Oh, that's a good question. I, I heard Bam Bam Bigelow is going to be a part of it, um, because he's from New Jersey, and Mania is going to be in New Jersey. The Hall of Fame is going to be in New York, but Hall of Fame is going to be uh, Mania is going to be in uh, East Rutherford MetLife Stadium. So I heard Bam Bam. Um, I haven't heard anything else. Um, Rob is asking, who do you think we uh, we sadly see gone from WWE 2019, or do you think they will continue to hold off the purge? Now, I think that they'll hold off for the most part because it is uh, certainly holding, <laughs> letting go being released from the WWE is not like a t- catastrophe anymore. Like the, there's so many good indie shows or so many lucrative indie shows that people can go to and make some good money uh, leaving WWE. Now, would it be WWE money? 
most likely no. I mean, there's very few exceptions that who who can do that. Someone like a Cody Rhodes. Um, really, that's <laughs> there. There hasn't been. I mean, Ryback has. You know, he's he's done well for himself from a business standpoint, but not a wrestling standpoint. Jack Swagger, I've had him on the show before. Nice guy, but he hasn't really made too much of uh, too much of noise. I mean, he's in MLW now, which is a good promotion, um, but he hasn't really like became a big star. Um, so yeah, but you can still, you know, you you can still make a good living by leaving WWE. So I think. The spring cleaning, you know, you usually have the yearly spring cleaning. You don't really get that anymore with WWE, um, as much, at least. Was Right to Censor the most underrated mid-card stable? Um, I don't think they were underrated. I think that they were pretty, I think that they're pretty, uh, <laughs> uh, pretty popular. Um, the most underrated mid-card stable. Hmm. Um, what are some mid-card stables? I guess you can say the nation was because they weren't really they weren't really headlined by a uh, a champion. The Rock was uh, he went corporate uh, when he was champ, and then Farouk, um, you know, he was in you know he was feuding with the Undertaker in some world title pictures, but he was never world champ. Um, probably the nation. Um, League of Nations, no. <laughs> that was not good. Um, yes, Mike Canellas did debut in 205 Live. Yep, he sure did. Uh, he attacked uh, Lince Dorado and Leo Rush, which to me is weird because Leo Rush is this, you know, had the heel turn and he was a big heel in, in 205 Live. Why would you attack both of them? It doesn't make sense to me. But I do like the fact that they're actually doing something with, with Mike Canellas, who looks super lean now and, and, and incredibly fit. You know, it, uh, what a difference a year makes. Uh, he's transformed great now. Yeah, I don't think uh, – I think League of Nations, uh, it was an interesting concept, but uh, I didn't do too well with them, so – what am I looking forward to the most in SmackDown 1000, Jerry asks. Um, I like the Evolution uh, reunion. I think that's going to be fun to see. I don't think they're going to do anything with it, but I think I think that'll be fun. The Job Squad were were underrated. I agree. I agree. I, I think I think the Job Squad's up there <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah. So. Undertaker, I don't know why he would. I mean, I definitely understand because he was one of the pillars of SmackDown for a long time. I don't know what they're going to do with him. Um, I don't see them expanding any other feud with anyone else. Um, you know, it looks like they're going to do the. the I, I hope that I'm not really interested in them doing taking the DX feud and bringing it to the SmackDown 1000 because Triple H is already going to be a member of Evolution uh, for SmackDown 1000. So I don't think that that would be a good idea to have Triple H be a member of DX and also a member of Evolution on the same night. So that would I wouldn't be a big fan of that. Um, let's talk a little bit about 
King of Pro Wrestling. Um, so Tanahashi keeps the case. Uh, Kenny Omega pins Kota Ibushi, which was surprising to me because it seems like they were trying to keep the Kota Ibushi and Kenny Omega match um, a separate thing. I think Cody, I think it wouldn't have hurt if Cody would have took the fall, honestly. Uh, actually surprised me that Kenny Omega pinned Cody Ibushi. So, um, Tanahashi comes out the end and uh, has some uh, friendly Work, competitive words with, with Kenny Omega. What else to some good parts of it? Um, yeah, I don't, Jay White joining the Bullet Club OGs, I, I, I don't think that was a good call. I, I think him and Gato alone is, is great. Him breaking away from Chaos, um, who he reluctantly joined, you know, in the beginning, he, he always said that he he <laughs> he, he was he basically had a mission who he was, he was, uh, 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 he had in his head that, you know, he, he's going to, with him and Okada, he's going to, he's going to have it. Um, he's going to, uh, backstab Okada, which he did. So him going to the bullet club OGs and how they did it was weird too, because at the end of the match, Okada makes a save with Tanahashi because uh, Tanahashi gets uh, attacked. And then um, uh, and, and then Okada makes a save. And then the Bullet Club OGs come in. And they hold Gato um, and Jay White. And Okada, it seemed like they wanted to recruit Okada. So Okada is about to – so he, you know, he goes – uh, on the ropes and, and whips himself on the ropes, and um, then he gets a cutter from uh, Tamatanga. So it's like, eh, I just it's just weird to me. I don't. I, why would they do that? Uh, you're trying to make Jay White one of the biggest heels of the uh, of New Japan. Why would you have him join a group where the point is? I, mean, I don't know. If, I don't know if he's officially joined, but it seems like he's a part of it now. I just. I don't. I don't think that was a good idea. I just. I just don't think that was a good idea. Um, the Jericho attack was fantastic. The way that they did it, Jericho. I mean, like you could just really tell that Jericho really spends so much time thinking about, you know, his appearances, which I appreciate the heck out of. I, I appreciate that one hundred percent. And I and I think, I think that's I think that's fantastic branding. To be honest, uh, you know, it it just it makes sense. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm going to attack uh, evil as he goes up on the ring ropes. And yeah, it's, it's, it's really cool. I, I think it was, I think that was a really good, uh, I think that was a really good uh, way to, to, to bring Jericho. And so it looks like, um, looks like November show, uh, it'll be him and evil for the intercontinental championship, which people didn't think I, I said that in dominion. I, I said that that was going to happen at dominion. People were like, no, no, I don't. I just, People were saying, "Oh, evil is just going." He just came to make the save. I said, "Nope." I can see Jericho and Naito at uh, Russell Kingdom, and Evil's going to be the the placeholder. He's going to be the buffer between the two, and 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 this is exactly what happens. He, they're going against each other. Anymore. All right, let's attack. Uh, let's uh, address some of these ask Chris questions before uh, Vince Russo calls in here. 
can you see Taker going for a world title before he retires? It seemed like he was supposed to um, this year, actually, because there were some rumors that he was actually supposed to win the Rumble and um, go against AJ Styles at Mania, but they decided to do Cena. Or no, no, not the not this year, 2017, and uh, they did Roman Reigns instead. So, ah, uh, no, I don't. I see him and Michaels at Mania, perhaps, but that's really about it with Taker. I don't see. I hope not. I, I, I hope not. <laughs> Honestly, I hope not. Um, will Cody hold all the gold? No, I don't. I don't see it. He shouldn't. Why? You know, NWA champion. US uh IWGP US champion, I think that's that's good enough. Did the Bullet Club factions remind you of the NWO split? <laughs> NWO black and white and NWO Hollywood. I don't like it. I, I don't like it. Honestly, I don't like it. Uh I don't like the OGs versus the, you know, uh elite and the Bullet Club elite and yeah. I think it it has it does have that NWO feel to it like just when they start doing the split it was just it was just curtains um let's see if there's uh do you think that the most wasted wwe superstar in the past uh ask chris who do you think is the most wasted wwe superstar in the past 10 15 years for you as chris masters um yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think Chris Masters is a good choice. Uh, most wasted, I would say right now, Apollo Cruz of the past. Uh, um, yeah, Chris Masters. I, I think that's a really good choice because he could have. They pushed him a, quite a bit uh, in the beginning, and they didn't. Um, yeah, I think that's. I think that's up there as far as the top choice, as far as who they wasted. I can't think of anybody else who they've. Uh, I, I think they wasted Ryback to an extent, to be honest with you. Uh, it seemed like they were going to give him a, uh, as controversial as he is, it seemed like they were going to, going to give him a, a world title um, picture. And they gave him the Intercontinental t- title. Even during his heel run, when he was feuding against Kalisto, it just makes no sense to me at all. Bray Wyatt's up there, too, although he was world champ, though. Uh, so was Dolph Ziggler. Um, but. They, I don't know. It seemed like they're going to make Ryback U.S. champ when he was feuding against Kalisto when he was a heel. It just makes no sense at all to me that he would lose multiple matches against Kalisto. That just that's just weird. Weird. Uh, ask Chris, what is your opinion on um, of I guess you're saying Vince Russo's legacy? Controversial, man. <laughs> Very controversial, but he's making uh he's making a living based on uh the controversy he created and as Eric Bischoff would say controversy creates cash and uh yeah um good questions random do you think the black beard on Hollywood Hogan was a spray on <laughs> uh i do i i do i i think it was i think he grew a beard but i probably sprayed some dye to to put some volume on it the NWOB team has the best team ever. You know what? I think I have that. Uh, I think I have the NWOB team theme song. <laughs> I think so. Ladies and gentlemen, I think uh, I think he's uh, I think he's with us. Um, 
let's get this uh, set up. I think uh, he'll be ready for you all. I'm so I apologize that I didn't uh, address all the Ask Chris questions, but I think you all want to ask Vince Russo some questions. So, uh, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Vince Russo. Vince Russo is on the show live. How are you tonight, sir? Guys, I bet you thought you guys are sitting there thinking there was absolutely there? no way I was calling in. Hello? Don't hear you, Vince. Can you hear me? I hear you. I see that you're in the queue. Hello? But we don't hear you. Hello, hello? Oh, uh, there you go. You hear me? We can. Absolutely. Can you guys hear Vince? Let's Can you see. guys uh, hear let's, me? Uh, uh, well, I'm checking out here the chat room. Can you guys hear Vince Russo live? Hello, hello, Okay, hello. looks like, yep, I think you're good, Vince. You're, you're yeah, good. bro, I was saying, I was saying that there was probably positively no way, absolutely not, you guys did you guys not think I was going to call in, did you? <laughs> I, I think the, the chat room is very confident that you were going to call in tonight. I literally, guys, seriously, I was I was doing my uh, wrap up show with uh, Ben Hameen and Stevie Richards, whose birthday it is today. And I Happy looked birthday. at the clock, and I looked at the clock, and it was uh, it was it was eleven fifty eight, and I'm like, I got to get off this thing. So here I am. Man, we appreciate your dedication, Vince. We greatly appreciate it. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate you guys working with me because you know Tuesday is a long night. I do uh, I watch the show and then I do a SmackDown Raw review. So yeah, I'm usually not done till this time. Awesome. Well, thank you. Uh, all right, fans, uh, what you got? Um, uh, hashtag Ask Vince. We do uh, on, on my show a lot. We do Ask Chris, and I and I uh, do Q and A all the time with uh, the, with the live fans. There's a lot of people uh, on the chat room right now. Are we we're getting can, questions can, already? So let's start right into it. Can, can, I'm sorry. Can I can I just say real quick because I want to make sure I don't forget this. Um, listen, guys, I will ask any questions you want to ask me. I always say that uh, I don't run away from anything. Um, I have a Twitch channel of Vince Russo Live where, I mean, I literally do live Skyping every week. Anybody can call in. Um, But I also want to let you guys know I just started a show on Westwood One, and it's called Truth with Consequences. It drops midnight on Saturdays. We just did our first show, and um, I'd love you guys to check out that show and, you know, support me. It would really help me out. But yeah, bro, you know, positive, negative, anything you want to ask me, that's what I'm here for. All right. So we're we're getting flooded with questions, so let's dive right into it. Uh all right. So uh Wild Boy's asking, would you put yourself on the Mount Rushmore of creative writers? Oh well well on creative right absolutely. Uh, without a shadow of a doubt I would. And, and the reason why I say that, guys, I'm just going to be honest with you. It's, it, that's, I'm not saying that out of cockiness. Um, I'm really not. I'm saying that out of knowing how hard I work and knowing how, you know, I, I put every ounce of effort I had into any show I wrote. I agonized over the shows, bro. I lost sleep over the shows. Uh, every show I wrote, I wanted to be the absolute best show 
I was capable of writing. So I would say not, not that I was a creative genius or anything like that, but I'll, I'll be honest, bro. I don't think any writer in the history of wrestling had my work ethic. I, I think I can safely say that. All right. <laughs> uh, all right, so we got CHP asking, what would your dream storyline be to write with the current WWE roster? What would my what storyline be? Your dream storyline. Bro, I wish I could write for Roman Reigns. I, I, I really mm-hmm. do. And bro, I'm not, I'm not saying that because I want a job with the WWE. That, that's, honestly, that's the last thing I would want at this point in my life. I wish... I, I wish I had Roman Reigns, bro. I, Roman Reigns would no question in my mind be at Steve Austin's status if, if, if I were writing for him. I like it. No question in my mind. And you know what, bro? Maybe maybe purposely the WWE, you know, tries to keep him down because, you know, Triple H has said, uh, you know, I, I did an interview with Ryback, and, you know, Ryback has said that Triple H has told him they don't want any big stars anymore. They don't want anybody that's perceived bigger than the company. Yep, so I heard maybe about that. Yeah, maybe they're purposely like keeping a thumb on Reigns. But my God, bro, if, if I wrote for that guy uh, and had creative freedom, uh, the guy would be a monster. Uh, there's, there's, uh, you know, it's so funny because uh, I remember, I remember uh, probably late last year or early this year. I think it was right before Maine and you and I were exchanging emails. There was some type of like short clip, like a minute and a half or two minutes uh, video that uh, was made of why people didn't like Roman Reigns. And uh, it, it was just the, the corniest, re- most ridiculous <laughs> reasons <laughs> that, 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 you know, he, he couldn't wrestle or, and it was just, you know, he wins too much and all those things were just like, man, you know, he draws people. He draws merchandise. He draws crowds. Love him or hate him, he just, uh, you know, he he causes a he causes a reaction, and that's what WWE is looking for. I think you actually steer him in the right direction as far as how things making sense uh, of his character. I, I agree. I think uh, he I think he has the opportunity to transcend the business. Absolutely. I think. Yeah, I I do too, bro. I, I think all the tools are there. I mean, the bloodline is there. Um, but man, you know, he doesn't like the show, unfortunately. Mm, yeah. All right. So let's see. Um, who was behind GTV in the attitude era? That was supposed to be at the time, guys. I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if a lot of your listeners remember this, but, um, on MTV, uh, Tom Green had just started this show. And I was a huge Tom Green mark. Tom Green was really, really hot. Um, we had a relationship with MTV. Uh, Tom Green was before those jackass guys, bro. He really paved the way, uh, the, the way for jackass. I wanted to put Tom Green in that spot, and I knew we could get him because we had a relationship with MTV. So mm-hmm. I started telling the story, and I was planting the seeds. But unfortunately... When I finally told Vince what I wanted to do, Vince had no idea who Tom Green was. Oh, really? <laughs> so it just dropped. Was there any, like, after the Tom Green, because there was, it was such a mystery for so long, 
was was Goldust ever considered of being part? Like yeah, no, a, a I, I think I think that's what we did. I, I from what I remember, I think that's what we did because you know mm-hmm. it was the only other G. So right. I, uh, I I think that's what we wound up eventually doing. But originally, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and like I said, I mean to understand that you got to really know how you know white hot Tom Green was at the time. And uh, I mean, I think it would have been entertaining as hell. Mm. Uh, let's see, Rob. Who do you think is being criminally underused in WWE right now? Who isn't? <laughs> I mean, I could go on and on and on. Who is it? I mean, oh my God, bro. I, I mean, Bray Wyatt should be Undertaker status. Bray Wyatt should have been Undertaker status a long time ago. You know, Jinder Mahal, you know, they, they, they had the highest they could get him. And, you know, mm-hmm. now he's tagging with Alicia Fox. Um, they yeah. had Rusev. They had Rusev one match away from being a main eventer as a heel, one match away from being a main eventer as a baby face, and they, mm-hmm. they, they, they killed him twice. Uh, yep. there, there are so many. I mean, Bobby Roode. I mean, I can... I can just go on and on and on. There, there are so many underutilized people on that roster. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Taylor, um, are you most proud of WWE or WCW time? Your, your WWE or WCW time? God, that's a good question. I mean, you know, the 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 word of the use, proud. I mean, I'm I'm proud of. I'm proud of WCW that, um, you know, I mean, I lasted through it. I'm, I'm proud that I made it through. Uh, but from a work point of view, definitely WWE. I, I, was, I was the most successful in WWE because nobody, nobody gave me the freedom that Vince McMahon gave me. And, you know, Vince had faith in me and Vince had, you know, Vince trusted me. And I had to earn that. You know, I mean, I, I, I had to, you know, get the numbers first. But once we started getting the numbers, I mean, I basically had the freedom to do what whatever I wanted to do. So that that was probably what I'm most proud of, because, I mean, I think that was the best representation of my work. Certainly. Jerry, uh, what would you have done with broken Matt Hardy's character when he came back? Hmm, good question. I would have done exactly what they were doing at TNA. I, I mean, you know, I, I'm good friends with Jeremy Borash, and I know a lot of that was a collaboration between Jeremy and Matt and even Jeff to some extent. And some of the stuff they did at TNA was brilliant. But, bro, I'm telling you because I, I know Vince, and I just told you five minutes, minutes ago, Vince didn't know who Tom Green was. You know, when, when we I was doing a parody of the uh, Blair Witch Project, when, when the Blair Witch Project first came out, it was on fire. And we did a great parody with Stevie Richards and the Blue Meanie. Vince killed that because he, he never heard of the Blair Witch Project. Uh, there were so many instances like that with Vince. I guarantee you when, when JB went over to the WWE and then Matt Hardy and they were starting to pitch some of that stuff, I yeah. guarantee you Vince didn't understand it. I, I mean, there's yeah. no doubt in my mind it was, it was 
so over Vince's head that anything they wanted to do, you know, got watered down. And, and, and I'll be honest with you, man. I think that's part of the reason, too, why Matt Hardy walked away. Now, his body was beaten. There's no doubt about that. But from a creative standpoint, if they would have been allowed to do what they wanted to do, he would not have had to work that much. He would have probably been around longer, but I guarantee you, like, Vince did not understand any of that stuff. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Uh, Let's see. Lexi is asking, uh, well, happy birthday to uh, Stevie Richards, right? Yep, Stevie Richards, yep. Okay, so happy birthday, and thank you for your time is what she's saying. Uh, what is the one storyline that uh, Vince never let you produce that you honestly feel would have taken WWE to the next level? I'll tell you what it is, and I wasn't working there. It was when I, when I went back in 2002, uh, and, and me and Vince had a, a meeting alone. Uh, nobody knew we were meeting. Stephanie didn't even know we were meeting. I was going to Vince's house. And um, this is before the WCW invasion. This is before Eric Bischoff was ever working for the company. And, you know, I was the one, despite all my differences with Eric, I was the one in 2002 that I, I, I told Vince, bro, you got to hire Eric. You, you have to hire him. No, him and I do not get along, but it doesn't matter. The guy's a great performer. I laid out a storyline uh, basically between Eric and Vince and Shane and power of the company and Eric's relationship with Vince. I, I laid out a beautiful story, but I wound up not going back and Vince did wind up bringing Eric in and then they did wind up doing like a WCW invasion angle that I think everybody will agree was, was not their best work. I I thought I laid out a hell of a story uh, between Shane, Vince and Eric, and it never saw the light of day. Yeah. Would have, uh, would Lance Storm have been a world champ in WCW if uh, all the mess didn't go down? He could have been, bro. I mean, he was on um, he was on that kind of a role. I think we put him in a good position. I think, you know, the writing behind him was was really well done. I think he very well could have been. Mm-hmm. If you had to bring in one indie wrestler to make the WWE product better, uh, who would it be and why? Right now? Mm-hmm. Oh, man, bro, that's so hard to say because there are people I like, but I don't have the confidence in the WWE at all that they would right. do that person right. Like the one person that comes to mind that I think really has a incredible look, and I don't watch NXT. Pretty much I don't watch it at all. I've only seen it a couple of times. But I love that one look. Uh, I, I love the look and, and, and the, the believability of that Champa guy. But, mm-hmm. then, but then I look at Bray Wyatt, and I'm like, guys, if, if you can't get a Bray Wyatt over, like, who, who can you get over? But sure. when I watched NXT and I saw that Champa guy, I really, really liked his look. 
and he was very, very believable to me. Yeah, I, I would argue that Chop is probably the best heel in WWE right now because he just has, as you would say, nuclear heat, bro. He has nuclear heat, Vince. Nuclear heat, but you know, but again, you know, once once that writing uh, structure got a hold of him, you know, I mean, who knows? I I just have no faith, like in in their writing. Like, I mean, I've been watching the shows now straight for like five years, like mm-hmm. every show. And I just, I just have no confidence in them at all. Sadly, because we saw that with record low ratings on Raw after 25 years, you, you got your, it's, be, it's the best it's ever been financially, but ratings wise, that it's lowest. That's I find that yeah. quite odd. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see if we, a few more because uh, we've got about 20 minutes with Vince, so we've got a few more questions uh, quickly. Um, Let's see. Would you ever consider Ryan's asking? Ever consider coming back to work for WWE as a writer? No, there's no way. It, 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 it's such a different time, and so much has changed. I, I, I would never fit in that structure. It, I, it, it would never work. I mean, first of all, you know, I mean that that time has passed by. I mean, I'm I'm 57 years old now. Uh, no way in hell I, I would be on a plane every week and I would make, you know, the WWE my number one priority in my age now. But on top of that, I mean, you try to put me in that system. Oh my God, bro. It would be absolutely horrible. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Who was behind the electrified steel cage match in TNA? Yeah, bro, you know what? I mean, I, I've been blamed for that. And, you know, bro, I, I say this a million times. And I, honestly, if people don't believe, if people believe me or don't believe me, like, I, I really don't care because I have no reason to lie about anything. I mean, I probably came up with the worst thing in the history of wrestling, and it was the dog kennel from L match, which was all me, 1,000% the worst thing I've probably ever seen. So like if I could admit to that and tell you that was me, um, I, I, I will tell you when, when I did something that went horribly wrong. The electrified cage was not my idea. I just went back to TNA, um, uh, you know, as a writer and the first writing meeting I ever went to you know, uh, you know, Matt Conway was there and Dutch Mantel and Jeff Jarrett. And they had already booked this electrified cage match. And I'm sitting there and, like, I know the way TNA does things. And I know, I know TNA does not have the money to do things the right way. And while they were going over this electrified cage match, I'm saying to myself, do you guys just not know? Can you not see how just horrible this is going to be? TNA does not have the finances to do this the right way. This is going to be horrible. I did not speak up, and I did not say anything because it literally was my first day back on the job. So, like, my first day, like, even I didn't want to say, like, you know, guys, are you freaking kidding me? Like, this is going to be horrible. 
But bro, yeah. if it were my second day, I may have said that. But like it was the first day back, and like they already had the thing planned, and they already had the thing booked, and you know, like I said, you know, I I was at the WWE when we did that Inferno match, and w- when you work for the WWE, you know they're going to do it right. They're gonna spend the money. They're gonna bring in the right people. You know what you're gonna get. TNA, you know they 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 nickled and dimed everything. And I just knew, man, I was like, guys, this is going to be like, I mean, this is just going to be atrocious. And, and, you know, I mean, you know, like I said, before I went back, you know, it was Jeff Jarrett and and Dutch. They were doing the booking. I, I think there was an electrified cage match in Puerto Rico. I think, I think that's where Dutch got the idea from. But, um, you know, like I said, bro, if it were me, I'd have no problem saying it was me, but that one was not me. Okay. <laughs> just, to, just to make it clear, guys, it was not a yep. Vince idea. Um, yep. All right, let's ask uh, a few. Go- There's a bunch, but uh, for the second time, let's just uh, wind it down here. Um, what would you have done creatively – what would you have done creatively with the uh, first winner of Tough Enough Maven? Ah, bro, that's really hard to say because I was not watching that, you know, so like I did not see Maven win Tough Enough. I I did not see Maven when he was first in the WWE. So like Mm -hmm. that would really be unfair for me to say because I didn't see any of that. Okay. I know know Um, who Maven is, but I, mm -hmm. I, I did not see any of his work. Yeah, it was. He wasn't there for long, unfortunately. Uh, all right. So, uh, anything you would have fixed to make Raw twenty five better, uh, and what would you do for SmackDown one thousand? What would be what would be your big thing for SmackDown one thousand next week? Well, God, my 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 big thing is like guys, and I think they even did it last night. My God, bro! Like on last night's show, they had HBK. They had Triple H, they had Kurt Angle, they had Lita, um, they had Trish Stratus. Bro, when, when you're bringing people like that in, now I'm not sure who they're going to bring into the thousand. I heard, you know, Batista's coming in and Ray's coming in. Guys, when you're bringing guys like that back, you've got to give some of the current roster some kind of a rub, man. Because, you know, like those guys are coming in for one time or, you know, and and then you're not going to see them again. Bro, you've got to use them to give some of these guys who aren't over a rub. So that's how I would write the show where, of course, you're going to put the legends on a pedestal, of course, but, you know, you get got to somehow or another make them give a rub you know to some of the guys that are going to have to freaking carry the ball going forward i don't think they did any of that on raw 25 no they didn't (laughs) they did not um describe vince mcmahon eric bischoff and jim Cornette in one word each and this is a pg show just to just uh let you know (laughs) what you already knew that um, okay, let's see. And you want me to be honest here? PG honest, yes. Okay. I would call Vince McMahon a genius. I, okay. I, I, I don't think I'd call him a genius today, 
But the Vince McMahon I worked with was a genius, an, an absolute genius. Bro, if you want me to be totally honest, if you want me to, to sum up Eric Bischoff in one word, I would say prick. I just, I, Eric Bischoff and I did not get along because I did not like the way he treated people. It, it's that simple. Uh, him and I were two different people. Um, I, I like to be the blue collar guy in the trenches, get my hands dirty. Eric, Eric likes to be the boss and Eric likes to have people beneath him. And Eric likes to have people afraid of him. And we were like oil and water because of that. Um, Jim Cornette, I would just, the one word to describe Jim Cornette is stubborn. You know, Jim, Jim Cornette blames me for a lot of things when the reality of it is Jim Cornette didn't want to change his ways. And as the world was changing and as television was changing and as wrestling was changing, Jim Cornette did not want to change his ways. And, you know, during the Attitude Era, the wrestling business just kind of passed him by. And, you know, he, he liked to blame me for that. But, you know, at the end of the day, the guy just really needs to look in the mirror. Yeah. Sorry, everybody. Uh, just one last question. I apologize. Uh, thank you for the interaction. Uh, I want to respect you. Gonna, are you guys going to be, are you guys going to be on for a while or what? Or are you cutting out? Uh, no, no, no. We we've got the show shows over uh, one Eastern time, so we've got another half hour. So. Bro, they, I uh, mean, I'll stay on with you if you want. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll dress a few more. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's up, um, it's, it's up to you. I mean, yeah, you cut, cut me off whenever you want, but I mean, I'm I'm good. Okay, cool. I appreciate that. Uh, all right, yep. so let's uh, let's address. Uh, um, all right, so GSP. Uh, I know you. Ha- I know you take great pride in your work, but what was your worst WCW pay per view? His was the uh, Greed of two thousand one. Bro, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I can't remember. Bro, a lot of people like, and this is a god honest truth, and I don't think people really look at it this way. You know, bro, like when I was at the WWE and when I was at WCW, bro, we were writing a hundred and sixteen shows a year. We were writing two shows a week and 12 pay-per-views, 116 shows. Guys, when I tell you, like, when we wrote WrestleMania, like, that was just another show to me. It, it, it's not like, oh, this is WrestleMania. It was another show to me, bro. And we were looking ahead to the next Monday Night Raw, you know, and the next SmackDown so, bro, like, I honestly could not remember now. You know, if you walk me through pay-per-view by pay-per-view i would probably be able to remember but like i i i honestly bro cannot separate one from the next <laughs> there, yeah uh it's i can understand how that could be the case for sure uh all right um do you ever wish that there w- was any superstar that would have jumped from wwf at the time to wcw and didn't and, and why I guess uh, why why is it says and why so I guess why do you think that so let me say that well, again. bro not not ne- not not necessarily there but I will okay. tell you before before Bret Hart made up with Vince we I was very 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 close to getting Bret in TNA 
And, you know, quite oh, really? frankly, to be honest with hmm. you, Hulk Hogan played the, uh, uh, you know, played the creative control card, and he put the kibosh on that. I would have loved to have Brett in TNA. It was before he mended fences with Vince, before he ever went back to the WWE. I, I think I think Brett would have made a huge difference at TNA. Okay, that's a good question. That, that's that's a good thing to kind of branch off just real quickly. Uh, now, at the time that he mended fences with Vince, and that led to their match at, at WrestleMania, a lot of people kind of felt a lot of sympathy, very sympathetic about that match because Brett wasn't uh, very physically uh, able to really have a match, really, and especially. Yeah, no, we 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 were gonna bring we were gonna bring Brett back in a GM capacity. Oh, okay, okay. Well, he was yeah, GM the, the, the at plan, the plan, Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the plan was not to bring Brett back as you know wrestler Brett. We were gonna put him right. in the. Uh, you know, we were going to put him in in that role. That's that's the role he was going to be in. Heel or babyface? Probably a babyface. Okay. Cool. Um. All right. Uh, what is your relationship like with the McMahon family now? I, I don't. I don't have one. Zero. No. No contact. What's the last Zero. time? Nothing. Zero. Zero. When was the last time you there was any contact? Um, I'll, I'll be honest with you, bro. When when they started, you know, dragging my name through the mud on their table for threes, and mm. you know their um um, um rev, what do you call it? Re, re, revisionist history of what Vince Russo did and didn't do in the WWE, and they went out of their way to bury me. I emailed Vince. And I said, bro, like, I, I honestly don't get this. I mean, I started writing for you when your company was in the red. And when I left, bro, you are a publicly traded company on top of the world. And you're going to drag my name through the mud. And I said, I, I literally, I, I want an explanation, Vince, because I don't understand it. Like, what did I do to you? And, you know, Vince McMahon did wrote, write me back and he told me, he had no idea of the way they were portraying me on the WWE network. And I said, okay, Vince, yeah, you're, you're going to tell me you don't know everything that's going on in your company. Did you forget I used to work there, bro? I know, you know, everything that goes on. That was really the last, um, that was really the last dialogue I had with him. Mm. All right, let's, uh, let's do a few more quick ones. Um, uh, do you think the Montreal screw job was a work? No, that was that was a one hundred percent shoot. If anybody wants to know the real details to that, and and I'm not I'm not promoting my book, bro, because my book came out a long time ago. But uh, my very first book is called Forgiven, and as a matter of fact, I mean you can go to Russo'sBrand.com. It's on there, bro. There is a blow by blow of everything that happened. I was in the thick of it. I was in the middle of it. I was a witness to a lot of things. Um, if you really, really, really want to know what went on, I mean, honestly, bro, like even if you can get my book at the library, it's, it's, it's really, really detailed in that book. Mm-hmm. But it, it was, it was, I wish it was, I wish it was a work. 
I honestly wish it was a work. I wish that stuff never went down the way it did. I agree. Um, yeah. All right. So Mark is asking uh, if you had a chance to rewrite a wrestler, who would he choose? Okay, so you've you, you said Bray Wyatt on that one. Um, who was a better WCW champion, yourself or David Arquette? Well, actually, bro, I just did an interview with uh, David Arquette, and it wound up in a wrestling match. So we, <laughs> we would be able to find out who I think would I saw be a the clip greatest, of that. Yeah, it, who would be the greatest WCW of, uh, champion of all time. And, mm-hmm. you know, to be honest with you, I laid down for uh, David. I let him beat me one, two, three. Oh, man, that's uh, quite nice of you, Vince, putting, uh, putting David over like that. Yeah, um, Dave is a great guy, though, man. He is. Have you guys ever like had the um, had the pleasure of talking to him or interviewing him or anything? Uh, I was uh, actually talking to his agent to, to get him on on my show, but he was actually um, interviewed like this week or last week uh, from one of our uh, staff members at Wrestling Inc. Uh, they they did an interview with him, I think, within the past week. Yeah. So he's yeah. just he's just man, he's just such a sweetheart of a guy that just loves the business. Yeah, I mean, he's almost fifty years old, coming making a comeback, like, like seriously about you know about wrestling. So yeah. I, I appreciate that. All right, let's do one more question. Um, okay, I guess two more. Let's do more. All right, um, Lexi, was there ever a segment or match that you produced that ended someone's career that still weighs on you emotionally? Hmm. Good question. I know, bro. The only thing that really that 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 comes to mind when Lexi asked that question is um, when when Daphne got really really badly hurt at TNA, and I had no idea what they were going to do in that match. And mm-hmm. when when I was watching the match, you know, Raven was involved in the match and Abyss, and when I was watching the match on the monitor. And I saw her involvement in the match. I knew she was going to badly get hurt. And then, you know, after the match and they came back, I mean, I was absolutely livid, um, you know, that, that, you know, they put her in a spot to do what she did. She got hurt really, really bad. And I, I love Daphne. I love her to this day. And, I mean, that was the one time that I could really, really remember being upset um, Mm -hmm. when when somebody really got seriously hurt. Yeah. Uh, Good question from Jerry here. Uh, Were there any WWE superstars uh, that had conflict with you because of the stuff that you wrote for them? WWE? Mm Mm-hmm. Zero. Zero. Guys, at, at the WWE, here's what people have to understand. When, when the Attitude Era, you know, kicked into gear, bro, everybody was making more money than they ever did in their life. And, and, and that was the bottom line, bro. The bottom line was the paycheck and how much money they were making because, you know, we were selling out everywhere. And, bro, back then, when the boys are making more money than they ever did and more money than they ever dreamed of, they're not going to question the uh, 
creative or argue the creative. They're just going to go with the flow. And, you know, it, it, you know if, if it starts going the other way, then maybe they'd say something. But, you know, I, I was lucky enough to, to leave the WWE, you know, and, and kind of go out on top uh, when it was at its pinnacle. So, you know, just because of the money they were making, nobody really had a problem with anything. All right. All right, two more. I'm going to have the, I'm gonna have the topic there, guys. Uh, my apologies. Just two more. All right. Uh, do you believe in creating factions in today's wrestling? And if so, who would you put together? Uh, I but, yeah. I mean, bro. I I always. I mean, I always believe in factions. If you got the right people, factions would work. I, I would really have to think about it, bro. Like, I would not be able to give you a good faction off the top of my head. I mean, I'd really have to sit down and, you know, look at the roster and, you know, pair people up and figure out, you know, who'd be good together. So, like, it wouldn't be fair for me to just answer that off the top of my head. But, yeah, I definitely think factions could still work in 2018. Yeah. All right, last question. Would you ever uh, accept an invitation into the WWE Hall of Fame? No. No, really? I don't need – I say this all the time about everybody knows, um, everybody knows I was very, very close friends with Joni. Um, China was one of my best friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I love China. I miss China. And there's almost, there's always talk about China in the, you know, WWE Hall of Fame, China in the WWE Hall of Fame. I, I don't need, I don't need Vince McMahon to vindicate oh. Uh, you know, how, how great China was. Like, Vince McMahon doesn't have to knight her and give her his seal of approval so everybody knows how great China was. The, the Hall of Fame is one guy's decision and one guy's only, and that's Vince McMahon. You know, mm. I know how great Joni Lauer was because I worked with her. The fans know how great Joni Lauer was because they watched her and they saw her. You, yeah. you don't need, you know, Vince McMahon's blessing to to finally be somebody. So that's, you know, listen, man, for everybody that's in there and it's and it's a big deal for them to be in there. Great, I, I'm glad I'm glad you're in there. I'm glad you're proud of it. I'm glad it's important for you. But like, I don't need Vince McMahon to. Uh, you know, uh, you know, knight me and say, oh, yeah, you know, Vince Russo was worth something. I, I, I think my record speaks for itself. I think the numbers we drew at that time speaks for themselves. And, um, you know, it's the whole the Hall of Fame is very, very political. They put in there who they want. Obviously, yeah. there are some people that belong. Ivan Koloff, like, are you freaking kidding me? Ivan Koloff isn't in the Hall of Fame, really? So, no, I, I, I would not. Fair but point. It would, it would never ha- and, and let me just clarify, it would never happen anyway. You know, like, so, like, let, let me just straight. But, you know, if it did, but it never would, I, I would not know. Mm-hmm. Vince, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for availing your time uh, after a long day and recording a podcast for being on, on the show with us for the past 40 minutes. So we really appreciate that. Thank you all for the uh, uh, the, the chat room, the, the fantastic questions 
please put yourself over Vince and letting us know any projects coming up, where to find you on social media. Thank you. What do you got? Okay, yeah, there there are a couple of things, guys. Guys, I do a show five day. I do a podcast five days a week uh, uh, on the Realm Network. You can go to Russo'sBrand.com, and I have a different co-host every day. I have Big Vito Lagrasso. I have Ben Hamid, Stevie Riches. I have the Disco Inferno. I have Goldilocks from back in the day at TNA. I do a castrating the mark show, and and I do that every day of the week. Uh, we do it for less than a dollar a week, bro. If you want to subscribe, it's less than a buck a week, and you could opt out at any time. It's Russo'sBrand.com. I just started Truth with Consequences on Westwood One, and the show drops every Saturday night at midnight. Um, you could follow me on Twitter at the Vince Russo, and I am also on Twitch at Vince Russo Live. I go on there all the time, guys, and I talk to you one-on-one. You could ask me anything. You could Skype me anything. Uh, I don't get mad. I don't get upset. Um, but that's a, that's a good place to uh, to communicate with me. Awesome. Thanks so much for uh, opening your time, Vince, and I really enjoyed We really enjoyed ourselves, and I uh, hope you did the same. Yeah, I did too, guys. Thank you very much for having me, man. Awesome. Have a good night. All right. Good night. Vince Russo, thank you, thank you, thank you to Vince Russo. That was awesome. That was absolutely awesome. Thank you for all of the interaction in the chat room. That was fantastic. Great questions, everybody. Great, great questions. You all made it what it was. It was so good. Like, literally, it was It was double the time that we had scheduled. We had scheduled for 20 minutes, and it was so good that uh, – <laughs> Uh, it was so good that uh, he doubled the time. He asked to stay on longer. So that goes to show how interesting you all are in the chat room and all the Pancakes and Power Slams fans. You you are fantastic. So thank you so much for that. All right, so let's close up. Um, just what would you give Raw and SmackDown? What would be your what would be your uh, your grades for Raw and SmackDown? Let's just. Uh, the, the big things on Raw is we're getting Shawn Michaels coming back and not answer that on the Axe Chris question. Um, thank you. Thank you, Chris. You did it again. Great night. Appreciate that. Um, there's some other people that uh, tweet me who you, you would like to come on the show for uh, for another Q&A. Um, please do that for me. Um, we'll do that. Um, Raw 8 out of 10, so that's a B. All right. Um, so Bobby Lashley and the Bellas turn heel. I, I tweeted that. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I. It seems like Lashley. Lashley's actually get, uh, Owens is getting surgery. Uh, that was just announced, so he'll be out for a while. So it seems like they needed another heel, and they chose Bobby Lashley to be that heel. Um, I don't see uh, I don't see this doing anything. Honestly, I, I don't see it really going far. He'll just be a heel. Seems like he'll um, be feuding with Finn Balor. Seems like that's his first feud. But I don't see some world championship. I don't see a Royal Rumble win or anything like that. I I just don't. Maybe a mid card championship. Maybe you know. Maybe feuding with Seth Rollins or something like that, but I can see probably Ambrose and Rollins are going to do something. 
Well, I don't know. Uh, this is not. I mean, I like. I really, really like Bobby Lashley. My man, my man, Bobby, my man. Uh, as Leo would say, uh, my 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 voice is on the deeper range, and so you know, you all know that I like to uh, uh, impersonate wrestlers, but I don't know if I'll ever get Leo Rush's Bobby Lashley, my man, Bobby Lashley. So that's that's all I got so far. <laughs> so of, of Leo Rush <laughs> introducing my man. Bobby Lashley. <laughs> that's 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 as much as I can. That's all I got right now. It's uh, it's that's my closest impersonation of of Leo Rush. Uh, that's close enough. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that comment. <laughs> my man, Bobby Lashley. So yeah, that's all. That's all I got. Uh, <laughs> I'll i work on it more. Uh, thank you. That's pretty good. Rob says I appreciate that. Leo, Chris, GHB, uh, CJ's laughing. Thank you. All right. So that's, uh, it sounds like a pimp. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I'll, I'll keep working on my, uh, my Leo. That's, that's, I, that's what I got so far. I'm glad that it's well received. So, uh, scary close is what Lexi says. <laughs> so, um, yeah. All right. So, um, yeah, I, I don't see the Bobby Lashley and Bella. Tw- you know, and, and the, the thing is, you know, Breeze. Uh, yes, yes, CJ. Only on pancakes and power slams. Though. Only on pancakes and power slams. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ladies and gentlemen, Leo Rush style. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, Bree, Bree Bella turning um, doesn't make any sense. I mean, you know, I, it was going to be Nikki and Ronda. Um, but yeah, no, I, I didn't do anything for me. That's for sure. It didn't, it did nothing for me. So, um, and yeah, it was good to see Trish back. It was good to see Lita back. Lita's, Lita's the goat for me. Uh, she's my all time favorite woman's wrestler. So, uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, it was decent. I, I give raw probably about like a, C plus SmackDown, just um, C minus. wasn't too much going on in SmackDown for me, honestly. Yeah, it was just man for me. Um, so we'll see. We'll see where it goes. All right, I think that is all. Kofi Kingston. Do you? I want to chat about Kofi Kingston right quick. Um, he said he wanted to win all the titles. Um, get JTG on the show. You know he got story. I've had JTG, uh, JTG writes for, um, uh, uh, he writes stories for me, um, to, to post. And, um, I've had JTG on the show probably, I don't know, five, six times. <laughs> he, he's, he's one of the, he's one of the most. Marty Elias is up there. I think like my top four or five I've had on the most has been, Marty Elias, he's been on like six times, five or six times. JTG's up there. Uh, he's been on like five or six times. Uh, Sean Devari's been on about five or six times. Ken Anderson has been on about five or six times. Those are my top four, I think. I've had, um, 
I think I've had a, a buddy of mine, Lance Archer. He's been on like three times. Uh, as far as repeats, I've had Bobby Ful- Bobby Fulton's a repeat. Christopher Daniels is a repeat. Um, I think I've had Greg Gagne on three times, if I'm not mistaken. Greg, Greg Gagne is a nice guy. Um, thinking of more repeats. I've had Matt Seidel on twice. Um, this is the second time I've had Vince Russo on. I've had Eric Bischoff on twice. Um, that's the only repeats I can think. I'm, I'm sure there's plenty more, but those are the only repeats I can think of right now. Um, uh, Tom, Tom Pritchard, I've had him on twice. He's a repeat. Um, Nick Aldis is a repeat. I've had him on twice. Um, yeah, that's that's as much as I can think of right now as far as as far as repeats. Um, I, I I don't know. I still don't know. I still haven't counted as the the total amount of people I've had on the show. I don't know. Somebody, if somebody want to do that, that'll be great <laughs> because I haven't spent the time. I don't know if I if I would have had a guest a guesstimation, I would say I don't know, like a hundred and fifteen different wrestlers. Like not counting the same wrestler twice, like 115 different wrestlers, I think somewhere around there. So, New Jack Foley, uh, I was working on Foley actually, um, and I need to get back on that. Uh, New Jack, I've, I haven't talked to New Jack, or I haven't even tried. So, all right, um, that would be interesting though. It's a it's a PG show, so I don't know if. I don't know if New Jack would uh, subscribe to the, uh, the the PG-ness of the Pancakes and Power Slam show. So, uh, yeah. All right. Um, let's talk about the flavor of the week. Um, yeah. Let's let's just jump into that real quick before the before we close tonight. Uh, been a fantastic show. Flavor of the week. Here we go. It is now time for the flavor of the week. Okay. So the flavor of the week this week is the um your favorite Chris Jericho incarnation. All right, so we were supposed to yeah, we were supposed to talk about Kofi Kingston real quick too. Um yes, I believe that Kofi Kingston should be uh um should have had a world championship and I would be totally fine if he becomes WWE champion before his career is up. Not splitting from the new day though. Um, I would have it a free bird rule as WWE champions. I think that would be great. So that would be my, my take on Kofi Kingston wanting to be WWE champion. So what is your favorite incarnation of Chris Jericho? That's the flavor of the week this week. Just a real quick flavor of the week. Uh, he he continues to have incarnation after incarnation. Uh, yeah, I agree. He should have won the money bank. Yeah, um, incarnation after incarnation. You know, you had the Ayatollah of Rockarola, um, nineteen ninety nine, and then you go into the um, the heel one, the save. I think the save us was the next one after that, right? Because he left and he came back. It's just like a heel. No, no, no. The, the troglodytes and the sycophants. That was like oh 
seven, I think it was, when he was feuding against Shawn Michaels. Uh, 2002 with the red tip of his ponytail. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you got the Save Us uh, when he came back and feuded with um, JBL uh, initially. Well, Randy Orton initially. That's when he came back with the no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Save Us was Randy Orton and then JBL and then um, he always becomes heel for some reason. I, you know, Jericho's one of the best ever to me, but it's like those constant flipping of face heel turns just I'm not a fan of it. <laughs> I'm not I'm not a fan of it at all. So um so you had then you had the um what was what was that? That was the I don't what was what was the one after um, the save us. That was the I don't remember what it was called. Yeah, the end of the the uh, end of um, apocalypse, the end of the world one, right? Um, the the end of the world one with uh, CM Punk, and then um, then you got the um. Axe Chris's Naya becoming the female Big Show. <laughs> That's an interesting comparison. <laughs> Definitely an interesting comparison. Um, yeah. So then you had the return, uh, the the Royal Rumble return, and then the recent one with the list, and then yeah, so the scarf. So those are really the incarnations of Jared. Now you have. You know, Clockwork Orange, Jericho, um, with in New Japan. So, an ECW Lionheart Gruss is saying that's what got me on Jericho. The Lionheart Chris Jericho, the ECW version, the WCW version, not so much. I mean, I, I did like him, you know, in WCW, not so much his heel run, but uh, ECW Lionheart is, is what got me to like to like Jericho for sure. Uh, all right. So Lexi says list. Uh, Wild Boy Jericho. That was interesting. That was an interesting one. Gruss says first run in WWE. Yeah, it's hard to top the, that one. Just the, the first WWE one. The first run in WWE. Uh, that's one one of my favorites. Uh, GHP has worked with Malenko. Um. <laughs> Brandon's asking, uh, do you think Shawn Michaels should change his theme song? He's a, he's Brandon. He is a fifty-three-year-old sexy boy. <laughs> he's a, he's a married uh, with children boy toy. Uh, he's not your boy toy, actually, uh, but he is a sexy boy. He is fifty-three years old. <laughs> he is a sexy uh, uh, dad now. So, yeah. Um, maybe just the instrumental, perhaps would work because I don't know the same music that you had, you know, 25 years ago, nearly 25 years ago. Probably not. Probably not the best. Probably not the best. My man, Sean Michael, sexy boy. <laughs> Quickly arrest there. Um. All right. All right. Cool. 
great, great conversations, guys. I think we're going to wrap it up there. Oh, I didn't ask any trivia questions. How dare I? Let's do some quick trivia questions for the next uh, rapid fire. Just for the next uh, minute. Favorite incarnation of Chris Jericho's is you just made the list. The white to edge. Okay. Thank you for that, Ryan. All right, real quick. Uh, what uh, item did uh, Crash Holly frequently carry to the ring? Let's do some quick rapid fire. No trivia questions. How, how dare I? I have no trivia questions. Such a busy show tonight. Yep. Wow, boy, good job. Scale. A white scale. Next. This person won the uh, WWE Tag Team titles with Billy Gunn in 2002. Who is that? 2002. Yes. Good job. Chuck Palumbo. Chuck Palumbo. All right. Let's ask a few more. Who did Christian defeat to win the light heavyweight championship? Who did Christian defeat to win the light heavyweight championship? Who did Christian? Wild boy, Rob. Yes. Taka Michinoko, CJ, Ryan. Great job, everybody. A couple more. Chris Jericho has held the IC title nine times. Which was the last year he was champion? Which was the last year Jericho was Intercontinental Champion? Last year that he was Intercontinental Champion. GHP. There it is. Uh, 2009 2009 he beat Rey Mysterio Last question Who defeated Chavo Guerrero To become ECW champion Who defeated Chavo Guerrero To become ECW champion And as uh, you all Get that answer correct um, Thank you so much For being a part of the show tonight It's been absolutely awesome The greatest fans in the world Kane yes it's gotta be Kane It's gotta be Kane Great job, everybody. All right. It's been a pleasure, everybody. Thank you so much for being a part of uh, episode 341. Thank you to the bro, Vince Russo, for the awesome live Q&A. Follow at Chris Prolific, at Crave Wrestling, the Pancakes and Power Sam show. Another one in the books, ladies and gentlemen. Until next week, enjoy your week of wrestling. God bless. And always remember, you got it right there. I do it for you. Have a good night, everybody. God bless. Bye-bye.
Medicine is one of the most difficult, fast-paced, yet rewarding paths you can take. You can set out on your own and navigate the student loans, the bureaucracies, and systems that define a typical medical career. Or you can apply for the U.S. Army's Health Professions Scholarship Program and launch yourself into a medical career like no other. Your tuition will be completely covered, and when you graduate med school, you'll learn from and work with some of the most elite minds in medicine. That's the Army difference. Learn more and apply today at GoArmy.com HPSP. You've been there, right? You put on that jacket you haven't worn in like six months. Reach into the pocket and find a McCafe brewed coffee. Well, not really, but there is a crumpled old dollar in there. And on McDonald's one, two, three dollar menu, that's the price of any size McCafe brewed coffee or a savory sausage biscuit. Oh, and check the other pocket too. Could be a tasty sausage McMuffin in there. Find more one dollar breakfast favorites on the one, two, three dollar menu at McDonald's. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Tax extra.